Welcome to Nana Tings. For anyone that's listening to this episode, if you ever feel like you need help or need to talk to someone about a mental health crisis, I will be listing different numbers and different prevention organizations in the bio of this episode. So please do not feel afraid to call someone if you need help. And of course, if it is an emergency or something extreme, please call 911. Hey, baby. <laughs> On today's episode, I am joined by my friend Catherine as we discuss her own mental health journey as well as anxiety and a little bit of anxiety with acting and auditioning and all those things, all those things that us artists sometimes feel, right? Uh, it's a fun episode to a quick episode, so before we get into these things, I got some ads to play for you, okay? So while you're listening to these ads, grab your champagne, grab your wine, grab your tea or water or blunt or whatever the fuck you want and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Modern Road, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the things. Okay? It's Antonio here at Nana Tings, and I have a special guest today, my co-actor, well, co-actor friend and co-worker, Catherine. What's up, baby? Oh, you know, baby, just out here living the life, manifesting <laughs> my dreams. Uh, my favorite thing that you say or we say to each other, by the way, is baby. <laughs> it used to be something I did just with people I was very close to, but now I'll say it to anyone, and I do not care. I'm like, even in text conversation, I'll be like, baby. <laughs> literally like, it's gone <laughs> i i love i well when i used to work with you i loved um saying that with you like we're just on the floor being like baby like what's good baby i <laughs> uh, love it um but yeah so you well you comment on my facebook status and then i reached out to you to talk about some topics that have been really popular on my podcast lately and i you're you're an open book you're an artist you're vulnerable so i truly appreciate that and i know you are not scared to share some things so um yeah i you told me you had some experience with um trauma bonding and can you tell me a little bit about that and then we can get into it uh so i you know i've always I felt like I have some hard struggles connecting with people, but the people who I connect with the most are people who are very open about their own trauma, who are willing to let me trauma dump on them. And then that's how we're like, oh, now we know each other inside and out and we're going to be best friends. And I do have like very close groups of friends where we didn't get really close until we realized we have shared drama, uh, which is apparently a negative thing, but it's worked out really well for me, so. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, so trauma bonding is usually like, you know, it's like, oh, you're codependent on this trauma or this kind of baggage. So for you with your friends have, it's been more of a positive experience, right? Where you just feel like it's a venting kind of space and then you're able to move on from it? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, 
because I wouldn't be really clear for like a decade for 20 for my 20s I wasn't in therapy so I would just like oh okay make friends and then we would be each other's little therapists which is so it's hard to move on from things when you're not actually processing them yeah. it, it for me trauma bonding is more like cool this person understands my trauma and it doesn't scare them off from me and like so we can be a cohesive group in that way oh my gosh are you well you're in therapy now right yes yes and um but okay so trauma wise where do you know where it stems from or is it like childhood trauma or is it just things that you know currently are happening there are things um that I haven't pinpointed yet, but obviously I'm not obviously, who knows, but I'm a, like a sexual assault survivor. I've had some like pretty traumatic um, physical accidents happen in my life that I have some like residual trauma. Like I got hit by a car when I was very young and had some like physical complications, but um, there's also something that's like I'm still working in therapy to pinpoint so you know my life is just a lot of fun things <laughs> fun things well that's a part of the mental health journey right is uh growing and trying to figure out what these you know the pinpoints are and it's something I just learned recently with my so with my dating experiences I always feel like I attracted a lot of guys that were damaged or I took on the savior complex and stuff like that. And I've realized it was from my like childhood trauma with my mom and like not having a dad and then being like the older brother and dad figure for my younger brother and then trying to fix my mom. And that's why I had really bad, like tragic relationships. And one of them was abusive. Um, and I let him get away with a lot of shit, but it took me to really be like, fuck, I need to change this. So I'm, I'm happy you're at a place now where you are, figuring out those like pinpoints because when you right. start, when you start like figuring out those those puzzle pieces it I don't know there's just like so much clarity that goes into it yeah it's just like have you ever started with a new therapist and you're going down the laundry list of everything so then you have no idea where to start yeah. um it's just kind of like digging through that uh laundry basket of everything and being like what is causing this issue <laughs> Literally, so. I um funny enough, actually, right before our call, I was on an hour session with my therapist. And <laughs> it it's like fun, right? I feel like therapy, like, okay, I, I think the reason why some people are scared of it, right? Is because well, A, maybe they're not ready to talk about what's going on with them, but also some people think it's always like either a negative thing or like it's a lot of like an hour of just being like, I hate that uh nah. But like honestly. I feel like if it's constructive and like, it doesn't always have to be bad things you're talking about. It could be the positive win, right? Yeah. It could be that you're growing and this other shit. So I don't know, let's break the stigma. That's what I'm hoping to do is like- That's all I'm out here all the time trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's my mission. Right. Um, speaking about that, you mentioned SSRIs and actually my listeners, I haven't really talked about my experience with them either. Um, I've been on Zoloft for about six months and up to 75 milligrams. And I've seen a change. I'm on them for anxiety. And for me, it's been able to like, don't get me wrong. I still get like, I still have a lot of self-work to do, but it's I, okay. So before Zoloft, I would like say someone texted me, Hey, we have to talk now. Listen, anyone's going to feel weird about that. Right. A anxious for me, it's catastrophic thinking. I'm like this person like hates me or like I do this and Zoloft in those situations have sort of like, I'm so crazy where I like, I'll have like a moment of being like, what's happening? But like, it's calm right. my body, right? I'm not as shaky. 
I'm not as like, I feel like someone's choking me. Um, yeah. You get that like spiral. Doesn't it suck? That that anxiety feeling, it feels like someone's hitting you. Like it really, right. like, I don't know even how to explain it, right? It's like a spiral yeah. of like being shook around. But um, yeah, so what is your experience with um, SSRI so far? I know they're new, but I would love to hear it. Right, so I've been on SSRIs. I'm on Lexapro for about mm, three, four weeks now, which is still still like very yeah. new. So I'm not feeling the full effects of what it's going to be or whatever. And the reason that I, I've been raw dogging my whole life in terms of um, <laughs> medication, I've never been on medication. My mother was like, I don't know why doctors never suggested to put you on medication sooner. And I was like, you are the parent here, but it's fine. It's I, here I am 32. I've made it. Um, I'm on it for anxiety and depression. Specifically how I decided to do it is uh, about last month or the month before I started just exhausted all the time couldn't get out of bed didn't want to lay do anything but like lay in my bed and be a human sack of skin um I felt like I I went to the psychologist uh and the doctors a medical doctor too and was like I feel like as a loft commercial you know how they're like have you (laughs) have you lost interest in activities um are you sad are you tired and I was like yes all of those things um, so I talked to my doctors and they suggested I start on Lexapro and it's feeling a little bit better. Um, honestly, this is a placebo effect, but I texted someone the other day and I was like, I'm walking down the street and I'm like, hmm, I'm so happy. And I've never thought that. <laughs> so here we are. Life is a little bit sunnier. I love that you had that like that thought that's beautiful like I'm yeah. really happy that there's at least something like you said you know three to four weeks you're going to start seeing more of the effects happen gradually but I love that you're getting at least some of these benefits of the you know moments of like yeah yeah Do you- my whole thing was though that when I was younger my parents were very like not about medication I came from a family that we didn't really want to rely on things like that and so I carried that stigma with me throughout my whole life so in my 20s I'd be having like panic attacks and anxiety attacks and I literally had to train myself just to like stay in one spot until I started feeling better and luckily I was able to like logic my way through a lot of that but now it's I'm at a point where I'm like what if I had just let myself be medicated (laughs) you know honestly I love that you just brought this up because same I, growing up in an Italian background um, household, it's seemingly like they don't want to talk about therapy. It, I don't know if it's like a religion thing, but like they think it's like devil's work, right? If you're mentally ill sure. um, and same thing with medication, they think that you're like weak if you're on it. So like I, now that I look back at like when I was 17, 18 or like even my college days, like I had a lot of anxious moments that if I either had someone to talk to or I was on some kind of pill, I got to fucking navigate in my life a little bit better. You know, yeah. it, it put up such a good point with that. Like that, that's a part of the childhood trauma I have with my mom. There's a lot of like, obviously parents make mistakes, but there, there's a lot of shit that could have been prevented. And parenting, this is important, is being open to this shit. Yeah. Right. For sure. It's interesting that you mentioned the like the religious background. I don't know how you were. I was brought up um, Catholic. Um, I'm from an Irish Catholic family. I went to all Catholic school until college. 
And in Catholic school, they would literally teach us, my religion teacher would teach us that you shouldn't take any medication because that's, that's um, covering up the symptoms of the actual issues, which is insane. That's an insane thing to say. The fact that people still believe this till today is insane. Like half of my family members still believe that. Yeah, and I grew up Roman Catholic. So like, right. same shit. Literally same shit. Like literally my my mom, like so her her siblings, like they they all should be in therapy, but they all believe that right, you know, it's not a the best way to be. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? Whatever, I'm not gonna fight you on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. But okay, so you're an artist and you have your Shakespeare background, which I love, um, and all your things, but have you noticed? um maybe this new SSRI have do you think it'll bring back this big artist part of your life or are you gonna or like what are you doing with your artistry in New York I'm actually leaning really hard into comedy right now so I do stand up and I also write comedy songs it just so happened that this uh me going on Lexapro lined up with me getting a new job and me beginning to produce a comedy show with some of my friends in Williamsburg and I haven't noticed it having a big impact on my my creative side yet but I will say I haven't been doing anything this fall because I've been so overwhelmed by the exhaustion that uh when I go down to the core of it it's just like I was like under a weighted blanket of depression. Um, so hopefully what I'm hoping is as I keep adjusting to the Lexapro and everything, I'm able to even think again because I haven't been able to, I've just been hyper-focused on when can I be in bed again? And how can, how many times can I watch the Vampire Diaries on a loop? You know, I that's- <laughs> right it's just my comfort right now I'm like I know what's happening Damon and Elena will fall in love and I will find peace <laughs> yeah. but I feel like you know I, I haven't seen a lot of your work but the work that I've seen from you you're you're talented so like I yeah. I'm happy that well I'm hoping I mean it will be effective enough for you but I I would love to see you kicking ass like I, I want to see you in that improv and comedy show like you're you're good so I'm hoping that this you know this has a really big artist effect on you as well because you know mental health can it could fuck up our flow and I get that that's right. a feeling is yeah it's I mean it's not fair that people have it right it's it's so it can make you unmotivated and also anxiety like I know my anxiety thoughts sometimes that self-doubt fucking sucks or well that was a big part of it right before I started doing my research and deciding how I was going to go forward I found myself being like you're never gonna make anything of yourself why are you even trying why are you staying in New York and I'm someone who's never really been like that I just say oh if this isn't working I'll try something else but I literally would be here just being like you're a failure which and I was like okay I gotta do something because this is not gonna work for yeah. me so yeah, yeah. um I I 100% know it's that imposter syndrome mixed with that like anxiety self-doubt mixed with, and then if you had depression on top of it it is like yeah we're all like <laughs> it really yeah and like when we're talented we're fucking talented so it sucks when like 
I don't know. Like, I'm just talking about my own experience too with my anxiety, how like it literally sometimes has blocked me from doing gigs or just creating in my own apartment, you know? Or even showing up for an audition. I can't tell yes. you how many auditions I've been like, nope, I'm never going to get it. Why would I go? Uh, yo, <laughs> yes, yes. And this is why I'm glad we're doing this podcast because I feel like any artist that's going through with like, whether it's an inner saboteur or a mental health issue, like th this is a common thing. Yeah. Like whether it's missing an audition or even like, I'm guilty of like missing dance classes because I thought that they're gonna be better dancers and like no one's fucking judging you you're just in class and every dancer's focused on themselves in the mirror why am I sitting there being like is there a spin better am I gonna be better I'm like who what are you doing <laughs> right I will say I did do a lot of self-reflection and work before I got back into therapy before I considered medication and everything so I feel like it's important to remember that doing your own work on yourself and re really committing to adjusting your attitude about things uh, can have a big impact. You mentioned your text message, like rapid response. Mm -hmm. That's how I would respond 10 years ago, right? And now I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, well, if this person <laughs> wants to say something to me, all I can do is respond to what they actually say, you know? But it took a long time for me to get there. Countless of crying nights and phone calls with my mother. But <laughs> now I'm kind of like, all right, well, I'm just here living my life and I can only respond to it as it comes at me, you know? Yeah, my therapist said, like, I, you know, it's getting comfortable with the unknown, right? Um, and the unknown is so many things. It's from a text message to if you're dating someone new, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't know how another person is, right? Like, what's going on in their brain? So, you know, the unknown is everywhere. And in an art, too, you don't know how something's gonna, you know, the outcome of something. But I, you're right, it, you know, just what you said, to piggyback off of it, it is a lot of self work. And I think even going to therapy, that realization, you really, you need that, that self reflection first. Um, and also getting comfortable with the unknown is a big, big plus. Right. Like, it's scary though. Don't get me wrong. Like when I talk to someone new or like, you know, like those kind of things, it's like, fuck. <laughs> but no, for sure. I always say that I, when I'm single, I become this really strong yes. version of myself. And then I'll meet a guy I like, and I'm like, okay, but like, how can I be the person he will like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's unrecognizable to my friends. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm simping really hard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Bitch, you just read yep. me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on, okay. So like, that's another thing I've been working on is like not trying to be the alpha all the time. Be like, okay, we got to do this and this. And I really like him. And, and, and I'm like, take your time. The unknown's okay. Steady wins the race. <laughs> like, but it really, um, yeah, there's so many factors into it, whether it's anxiety, unknown, all this shit, the excitement, because there's also good anxiety, right? Where like you're so amped for something. I call yeah, it like anticipation. Yeah, because it's like it's still anxiety, but like, you know, it's coming from like really overly positive thoughts where it's like, ah. Right. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for your future like I feel like you're doing all this new stuff and it's perfect timing though like I feel like when you show the universe that you're transitioning into a new era of your life right like look at you I mean everything is following up you have a new job you have this comedy show that you're in and producing and then you have this new Lexapro and taking on your own mental health it's a beautiful combination and sure. I think you're learning more like what this more mental health aware Catherine looks like right and I know I'm doing the same thing for me I'm like whoa I have my 
compared to what what I was a year ago, I had my shit at least more together, you right. know. And it does work into your artistry. I think as us artists, we if you know more about yourself and you trust yourself more, you could go further, more artistic, more vulnerable, and get there, right? For sure. Yeah. Um. You're amazing. I actually want to ask you one last question. What? Okay. So for someone that with your experience, um, what would be advice to someone that um, wants to talk to a therapist or um, has these self-doubt thoughts when going to an audition? What was something that Catherine would want to say to the, the people listening? Uh, my advice for someone who wants to talk to a therapist is you got to find the right fit, fit, right? I went through so many therapists in New York City where I then had to be like, mm, I don't think this is great because you have to find someone you're comfortable telling the truth to and comfortable taking advice from. Um, and that's not always going to be the first person you see. Um, but that's been my biggest advice in terms of like talking to a therapist. It's in terms of the audition anxiety, you never know until you go because there's plenty of things that I've auditioned for and been like, oh, I bombed that audition. And then they'll call me and be like, we thought your audition was perfect. So, <laughs> Yo, yeah. right. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, the biggest hurdle is showing up. And then once you get there, you usually don't have the same anxiety you had when you were sitting in your apartment. Um, so just, you know, take the first step and worry about the next one next. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Moment by moment and getting relaxed with the unknown, literally. Honestly, yeah. The, uh, it sounds so simple, but then once you grasp it, it really is simplistic tools. Yeah, it absolutely. Well said. Um, well, thank you for being a part of this nice, short and sweet podcast moment. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, I may have you again in the future because I would love to follow up and see how you are in like two or three months. Because like I, I'm on a very similar journey as you are. I'm only a few months ahead of it, so I really, I would love to just like hear about yeah. like going on with you as well. I'd love um, to come back. Oh, always talk for more, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will talk to you later, baby. All right, baby. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.